0: Under normal business circumstances, growth is kind of what we expect. You open a business and assuming you know what you're doing, you keep introducing new products or improving your existing ones. Money gets made bills get paid. Simple, right? Okay, maybe not so simple, especially during a pandemic. But there are a few businesses in Eastern Ontario that have enjoyed significant success during the past two years. You want to meet them? All right then. Here we grow. Welcome to a very special edition of the Eastern Ontario Business Journal. I'm your host, Phil Godreau. If you like this show, make sure to like and subscribe to be notified when new episodes are available. Today, we're celebrating three small businesses in Eastern Ontario that have actually seen their business grow in the last few years. You'll get to hear their stories and learn about their successes in our discussion in just a moment. These three companies have all been recognized as part of the Eastern Ontario Business Journal's Fastest Growing Companies 2022, sponsored by MNP. For the full list and announcement of our top 10, check out that video elsewhere on our channel. To get us started, Ann Howland, Editor-in-Chief of the Eastern Ontario Business Journal, joins us. Hi, Ann. Hey, Phil, good to see you. Likewise. So what is Fastest Growing Companies and why do we do it? Sure.
1: Well, it's a really interesting feature, and this is the first time we're doing it in Eastern Ontario. We've done it for several years in our sister publication at Ottawa Business Journal. And its I think it's super important because it's so great to hear about these companies that are growing at these exponential uh, rates. Uh, I think you know, growing a company is challenging enough, uh, but growing it at these, these fast, fast rates is quite something. So I think a few things for me, it's so important to learn from these companies. Uh, Growth sounds great and especially fast growth, but it comes with a lot of challenges. So how have these companies managed those challenges? And also, I think it's great to celebrate these companies because research shows that these high growth firms or high impact firms tend to contribute disproportionately to our economy in terms of hiring people, in terms of contributing to GDP, (coughs) excuse me, in terms of uh, Going global and exporting. So it's really important not only to learn from them, but
0: also to celebrate their success. Absolutely. So could you tell us a little bit about the methodology that's used to determine who places in the top 10?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's not uh, complicated, really. Uh, we, we send out an uh, invitation for companies all over the region to apply. And they fill out a simple form, they tell us about themselves, and they also provide their revenue numbers for their past three uh, fiscal periods. So when the application window closes, we review all those numbers, we check them with the company's auditors or accountants, and we do a simple calculation of percentage revenue growth. And from there, we we get our top
0: 10. Very right, cool. So any uh, surprises for you in this year's winners? Anything you learned about eastern ontario that you didn't know before yeah i mean it's
1: such a great group of companies and i think a couple of things for me stood out one the diversity of these companies from all mm-hmm. different types of of sectors i think typically in the ottawa business journal we tend to get a lot of tech companies in the in the top 10 but in eobj it's really i think representative of such a diversity of companies that we have in the in the region from a wonton maker to couple of tech companies to some uh, metal fabrication shops, professional services, and a tourism company that, uh, you know, managed to grow even in in this past three years that we've had. And I think that's the other thing that sticks out for me too, is think of the past three years we've had of a global pandemic and massive disruption. So for any company to be successful not to mention growing at these exponential rates i think is truly uh, remarkable and something to talk about and celebrate
0: well said ann howland editor-in-chief of the eastern ontario business journal thank you ready to meet a few leaders of our fastest growing companies for 2022 let's welcome them on first up sarah cadarette is with plan a kingston and quinty hi sarah
2: hi phil thanks for having me <laughs>
0: Absolutely. John Witherspoon from HFI Pyrotechnics in lovely Prescott. Welcome, John. Thank you, Phil. Good to be on. And we're also joined by Catherine Christensen of Marble Rock Developers Ganonokwe. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Phil. Thanks for having me. So let's uh, learn a little bit about your companies. Uh, We'll start with Sarah. Tell us about Plan A. Yeah.
2: For sure. So I think in the perfect sentence of big words to sound, you know, fancy, um, Plan A Kingston and Quinty is a staffing strategy and technology company. And so we've made that sentence to really try and encompass everything that we do. Uh, We're focused on the long term care sector. And so uh, providing high levels of care to our clients and our partners, which would be our long-term care homes. And so our motto is taking care of people that take care of our most vulnerable people. So the business is really twofold, that on one side, the obvious one, I think, taking care of residents and ensuring that they have quality care every day that we all deserve and filling in those gaps, but also creating really um, amazing opportunities for our staff that are modern with the world that we currently live in. So just having that work-life balance and the flexibility, uh, you know, positive, rewarding experience for our staff that, that meets what the demands are today in the world that we live in
0: awesome thank you sarah uh, john let's go over to you for a second tell us about hfi Pyrotech. well a, a hfi uh, i suspect unlike anyone else on this has been uh, is uh, a
3: 150 year old startup uh, next year is our 150th year in business wow. so it's a, so a rare a, ra- a rarity and in, in at best i think i think we're older than most of the banks we've been dealing with but uh but we uh, we make we manufacture in 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 Edersburg Cardinal, so we're just north and a little bit east of uh, of Prescott. We uh, we make uh, predominantly uh, search and rescue devices and signaling devices for uh, predominant uh, usually the Coast Guards and the and the navies of the world. Uh, we are a world supplier of these products. Uh, more importantly, we are sixty percent female, so uh, including uh, uh, Rhiannon Isles, our uh, COO. So we've uh, we, we, we kept a pretty good uh, dispersion of, of, of people throughout our organization and, through it and, and it, uh, from a product perspective, we're a uh, we're manufacturer. So it's predominantly bringing materials and converting them into a finished product that we sell. And as I said, we sell around the world. We're a prime supplier to NATO and, uh, and we're doing this all of, out of the bush in lovely Prescott.
0: Awesome. And uh, Catherine, a little bit about Marble Rock Developers, if you please.
4: Well, thanks, Phil. Uh, to start with, um, I'm in some heady company. I'm really impressed with mm-hmm. both Sarah and John's uh, organizations, and uh, I will call Sarah afterwards to talk about some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, our company is a construction company. We're a family-run construction company. My husband, my daughter, and I started Marble Rock Developers three years ago, so uh, just in time to uh, be a uh, part of the pandemic. Um, we are Build new. We um, renovate. We um, work for customers. We are a construction company that also does development. So our uh, our catchment is a a, is quite broad it uh, affords us some uh, cash flow some long-term investment and uh, we work predominantly in the um, Gananoque, Thousand Islands, Rideau Lakes region of Eastern Ontario and it's an area that has been undervalued and underserviced for years and uh, we just um, happen to have, have come to the right place at the right time um, and we're finding that uh, we've, there's a lot of needs to be met here. So the, our company is is growing as, as uh, which is why we're all here uh, at an exponential rate. And we are, we are definitely hanging on to our hats on this one.
0: Awesome. So uh, I want to know what the secret is to all of your successes uh, through the pandemic. Uh, and I'm particularly interested, John, uh, maybe we'll start with you 150 year old company and you're experiencing that kind of growth through the pandemic. Uh, what's, what's the, uh, what's the secret sauce?
3: Well, I think uh, a lot, a lot of it is the
0: people we've, uh, we've hired some
3: great uh, starting, starting at the top of the organization, the great COO who's, who's really driven our growth forward in terms of uh, in terms of idea, sort of stabilizing a manufacturing world in, in a time where you have, uh, where we're trying to hire people to, to fill positions that are, mm-hmm. that are possibly not as, uh, as pretty, but, but are, but do, do a great, uh, contribution to, to the company and to the finished product mm-hmm. and, uh, and we've, we've done a lot of, uh, we went through obviously some bumps in this process. We, uh, we hired 320 people to fill 65 positions. So uh, you can tell that that's a, a a long and evolving process, and we we identified the deficiencies we had in terms of. Uh, we were probably not starting at the right wage rate. We uh, we were not uh, giving people a view of what uh, what they where they could go in the organization. We, yeah. There was there 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 was no step up process I've had for a young person to come in and say, okay, I can go to here, I can go to there, I can go to there and up, up through the organization. And and I think we've uh, we've we've stabilized that quite nicely now, and we've had a pretty stable workforce that, that's uh, over the last six months, eight months that has been pretty consistent. There's no question. A, a a a COVID did not add a lot of uh, value from the perspective. We we uh, we we were we were a, a mass massed organization throughout. We uh, we believe that it was important for our our first value in our organization is we care about people at HFI Pyrotechnics, so it was key to us to keep people healthy and and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's what's that's what kept us going. I think we we've we've evolved that towards. Uh, Rianne's brought in a great term came out. Of, I think the Welsh soccer team. So I don't know whether it was a drinking event she went to that uh, she found this, but we're now together stronger is 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 yeah. a term. That she, which is the inverse of what the, uh, the Department of National Defense uses, which is stronger together. Yeah. Ours is together stronger, and and yeah. that's uh, that I think is is indicative yeah. of this of this sort of team approach.
0: Yeah, um, interesting. You know, you really underscored there the, some of the the key challenges out of the pandemic, right? Your your manufacturing organization, but you're still got to work in person uh that, that yeah. hiring and retention of staff i'm sure there was supply chain and export and some of those other uh, pieces probably factored still in there. we are going so, still going i'm afraid still going yeah <laughs> yeah I'm Not surprised. Yeah, so uh so kudos to you to you and your uh, your leadership team then for sure um catherine why don't we uh switch over to you for a moment you kind of already uh, started talking about it i think in your first answer what some of the, the secret to the success is people recognizing the uh the hidden gems and the hidden opportunities in Gananoque and and the surrounding area did you want to expand on that a bit
4: um, certainly. I'll, I'll talk a little b- about um, uh, my life before um, the construction company. Uh, I worked in uh, tourism in this region, um, uh, predominantly marketing. I was a, a, a destination marketing um, fund. And so I was already very well aware of uh, the attributes of the region. Mm-hmm. And um, when uh, the the opportunity came, when the, the synergy happened between my husband who has a, a A lot of uh, experience in uh, construction and my daughter leaving a job a marketing job in Ottawa because of the pandemic because of um, being alone in an apartment for two years Um, the or for I guess it wasn't quite two years but um, it it, I already knew that this this area was ripe and uh, I didn't but I didn't understand uh, how Um, how much need there there actually was Um, we've uh, in in the last three years it's it's actually surprised us Um, we we have had some success uh, with staffing and uh, that was something that Anne talked about I mean in during the pandemic it's a it's a tough it has been a tough time for some folks to find staffing we've been uh, very lucky Um, one of the the things throughout the pandemic that has helped us is that we are an essential industry Mm -hmm. and um, I think that people who who were really hurt by the pandemic were the ones who um, who weren't and we took safety and and uh, you know the health of our employees uh, to heart and we were very careful but we were able to keep working throughout the entire pandemic we i mean except for the odd time when someone had to to stop and quarantine for a little while we we had uh, enough staff we had enough um uh trades people uh, subcontractors and such that were taking the same care and uh, uh also were essential so um we we were able to actually keep going it was it was very interesting and john touched on supply chain of course that that was that was a major um issue for us I mean all of a sudden you would be able to get um plumbing pipe and I'd be driving to Ottawa to every home Depot looking looking for for supplies whatever they happen to be but um, somehow with the the help of of other contractors and with our our partners in um, in the suppliers we've managed to somehow to keep things free on a fairly even keel. Um, Perhaps keeping to timelines has been one of the most difficult things because we've had to be so very flexible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I touched on a lot of challenges so far that we've, uh, explored on previous, uh, EOBJ podcasts. There's my little plug for, um, mm. our, uh, discussion on housing and our discussion on, uh, hiring, which we had in the last couple of months, let's turn things over to, uh, Sarah, um, the secret to your success through the pandemic. And, uh, just knowing that you're, uh, in the, the healthcare kind of field. And, uh, I, I have a feeling, I know where this is going, but, uh, <laughs> curious to get your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think I'll start with a common thread that everybody's already mentioned, that recruitment phase of it and, you know, having enough talent uh, to to fill in those vacancies. There was already a a healthcare shortage prior to the pandemic and a a wave that was coming without it being (laughs) exasperated, if I can tongue twister that. Um, So it's been interesting, for sure. Um, A lot of pivots and uh, trying to come up with new solutions for that. So something for us being in that healthcare field and recruiting uh, you know, resident support aids and dietary aids and PSWs and RPNs and RNs and all of those amazing healthcare professionals that we are in such need of, that we offer such a unique uh, spin on really the, the flexibility again. Um, so using our technology and also using our strategies and working with our partners to identify where those gaps need to be filled in for staffing. And so allowing the staff to have a bit more Flexibility, determining their schedule as well. So, what are their personal goals? What are their professional goals? What's that work-life balance? You know, recognizing that the workplace now needs to be, you know, a mental health awareness to it as well. And uh, healthcare provider burnout is a huge thing that was happening way before. So, being really aware of that and giving opportunities to staff to um, that perhaps may have left the industry that are staying in the industry with Plan A because they can create their own schedule and maybe only doing part time or you know the work full time one week and then only maybe one shift the following week or whatever it may be but again determining what their personal goals are and what they can do healthy to provide quality care to the residents but also to themselves so Mm -hmm. i always say you know in order to continue taking care of other people you need to take care of yourself first or else you're unable to do that so really recognizing that side of it, um, internally for us, I think a lot of determination, a lot of grit, a lot of sacrifice that I don't think is, you know, mentioned within business as well. That it does take a, a lot of sacrifice, you know, personally and professionally to uh, make some decisions, or that you, you know, you don't get to go out for dinner tonight, or you know, you don't get to go to the event or whatever it may be. You're you're always late to every function, but business comes first sometimes, and especially in the early years when you're when you're growing, um, and so prioritizing what that. looks like and and making those sacrifices in order to get to that next step. Mm -hmm. Um, Positivity is a huge one for us in the workplace um, and just the mindset that everything is kind of given to you for a reason. So looking at it as an opportunity to identify it, to grow, um, to push yourself to that next level. And Pivoting, you know, um, continuous growth, creating new processes, identifying where there might be some some lacks or some issues or or you know repetitive things occurring. How can we identify this and how can we make it better? So uh, business is never set in stone. It's a a living, breathing entity. It needs to continue to shift as you grow, as the world changes. And that's how you really stay relevant. You hit your next targets and you can be aware of what's going on in your business, but also around you. What's the market look like? Um, What's your competition look like? What's the area that you're living in? So a lot of things to identify and, and constantly be aware of. Yeah. And the team that you surround yourself with as well, you know, really does impact how everybody feels coming into the office at the end of the day, you know, right from the top to, to, to everybody in between that. It really takes a team to get the job done. Um, it takes a team for everybody to be able to leave at the at the right time at the end of the day, you know, and go home to our families and have that work life balance as well. And something we changed our motto during the pandemic was instead of all hands on deck, all hearts on deck. So recognizing that every heart has an impact to what we do, um, whether it's the greeter in our office or, you know, the people doing the kitchen, laundry, PSWs, up to the doctor and everybody in between that, you know, all hearts on deck that we, we all contribute to it. We all work together without one another. We, we couldn't get it done.
0: Yeah. I, I like that kind of calls back to your, uh, your earlier point. I, I like to say you can't pour out of an empty bucket, right? And so if you're not, uh, uh, wholehearted in, in the job. If, if there's something holding you back from that, then uh, those compassionate kind of roles that you guys are, uh, are working in, very hard to do them. So uh, love the thoughtfulness there. Very, very good. Um, I want to take a look. We've, we've talked a little bit about the secret to your, your past success and the great results you guys have enjoyed over the last couple of years. What are the next few years? What do you think those look like for your company? We've got a high inflation environment, uh, low unemployment, Possible talk of recession, interest rates going up. So, uh, so what do those next few years look like for your company? And you know, do you have concerns about our economic environment? How it looks right now, how it's how it's heading, uh, whether for yourself or for your customers? Uh, and let's start with you, Catherine.
4: Um certainly, uh, so, so what we're looking forward to what our our business plan is is to um move into development. There's a huge need for affordable housing mm-hmm. in uh, in everywhere. Uh, the, this this area is what I'm aware of. and um not just affordable housing, but housing in general. and in in our area, um we're looking for uh, places that we can actually Develop um, buildings that that house um, apartments, or or areas where we can um, uh, find a way to build multiple homes. Uh, both affordable and and I'm not even sure what the difference is, but, but um, not subsidized, but something that is built in a way that uh, folks who come to the region for the jobs that are here um, outside of our industry can afford to live in and make their homes in and make the community a better place. I know in the town of Gananoque, I came here 40 years ago and the sign on the 401 said, Gananoque population i believe it was 4900 today when you drive down the 401 it says Gananoque population 5200 mm. It's it, it's a a number that that needs to go up and it needs to go up um certainly retirement is is big here in the thousand islands it's a it's a, a bucolic uh area but uh, bringing families in um, who are, are um, uh, finding ways to find jobs to in the tourism industry or in whatever other sector is nearby. Um, this region that that uh, we're in, where we're running our company, is central in the area, and um, the, the the proximity to uh, Kingston, to Brockville, uh, Prescott, Quinte, and north of here. There's there's lots of potential for um, developing the entire region and adding amenities because more people means that your tax base is larger. All of those good things. So our our focus is to find a way to meet those needs in housing mm-hmm. and to have our company take that route as well we're we're looking at at making more long-term investments and um perhaps even morphing into more of a holding company um all of which will add to the the betterment of this community
0: awesome love the the focus on community uh certainly i can think of a few uh tourist towns out west where uh very, very difficult for the workers uh, doing all those important tourist jobs to actually find uh, affordable places to live. So, uh, so I love that. Absolutely. You're, you're I mean, you're what,
4: what comes to mind is is the Banff, Canmore area, of yeah. course, um, mm-hmm. where the, the some you, you hear stories where. People are living in their cars so that they can work in in the industry. Now we don't have that problem, but we do have a problem here, and um, uh, the, it is something here in the municipal elections where we're, we're uh, listening to a lot of talk about affordable housing and transportation options, that those sorts of things. But the housing is something that Marble Rock Developers can address, and that is it is both a need and an opportunity for
0: our company. Absolutely. Uh, Sarah, let's turn things over to you for a moment. Uh, What do you think the next few years look like for your company? And um, do you have concerns about the economic indicators we're seeing whether for you or for your customers?
2: Well, to touch on a point that um, Catherine had just mentioned, you know, in terms of housing as well, is that you look at where long-term care homes are currently being built, where the land is available to put up these massive areas and facilities, and then not having the workers in those areas, right, not having a close enough living or even a hotel or motel to stay in, you know, so um, that's something that we've recognized as well in this area that We service a 100 kilometer radius around our Kingston based office location. And so a lot of that does take into some of those communities that are quite the commute for for, um, our staff to to support. Uh, And then we're recognizing that our, our partners are facing recruitment and retention issues in the sense that, again, the commute is, is quite detrimental, that it, it adds to their day significantly. Mm-hmm. So they're facing this, these issues, we're facing these issues. Um, with our model, you know, we can look at things a bit more strategically or do things a bit outside of the box or constantly um, trying new methods and seeing what can work or or listening to staff. What's the feedback? You know, what's something that, that you're wanting? What is something that would not necessarily incentivize you, but what would help to bridge that gap of you being interested in going there and obviously losing maybe another two hours of your day, you know, an hour there and an hour back home. Uh, So looking at those things and uh, uh, through the pandemic in that first wave, there was so many meetings, so many meetings, um, and listening to all the broadcasts and the change and the policy change, the, you know, the long term care act just changed in 2001, uh, that came into effect. And so, so many changes were happening beforehand, but also expedited now with recognizing the need to integrate you know infection control and prevention and having better plans in place for emerging re- emergency response um, recognizing the system was old and it needed to be revamped and addressed to today's living situation. And that the tailwind of the aging population is not even at its highest peak at this point. Mm -hmm. So trying to prepare for what does the next 10 years look like and how can we start to address some of these issues today to be prepared for for what is to come, being very aware of not only the pandemic putting us in a situation that you got you to gotta pivot, you know, you got to look at the future and you got to um, address this because now investing dollars into education of additional PSWs and nurses, although fantastic, you know, a nurse isn't going to be ready for quite a few years until they truly hit the floor and are able to work and provide that care. So trying to address the issues a bit more proactively uh, recognizing that it is coming, the data is there, it has been there, um, but people are talking now and people are looking for strategies. So being able to have those Mm -hmm. partnerships and those conversations, the open dialogue uh, within our sector is, is amazing. So Mm -hmm. listening, um, trying, giving it our best shot, um, always finding ways of improvement for recruitment and retention. The offering that we have to our staff is something that will continue to evolve.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned retention in there, too, because uh, yeah, you can train all those people and, and get them through their classes and pass all their exams and such. But, you know, if they get out into the field and they get burned out within a few years, right, um, that's that's a challenge. So glad you're uh, you. Thought that uh, incorporated that into your thinking. Um, what about you, John? What do the next few years look like for a 150 year old company? Yeah, grow? well,
3: it's it it, it, it looks like a blink, right? I mean, at the end of the day, but it's
0: it's a, I would say it's uh
3: significantly different because well, and I'm, I'm Catherine, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on supply chain, but but <laughs> I believe our supply chain is going to continue to be a challenging world. <laughs> I think it's uh. It's, we we are slowly collapsing it in. We have we have gone from sourcing metal parts from China to Napanee. We've we know we've done uh, we've brought into uh, brought we we're doing a lot of work in in sort of within the sort of couple hundred miles or I guess I should be saying couple three hundred or four hundred kilometers of, of our facility because for that reason is that you just the inconsistencies. We we currently as an example we currently have a batch of chemicals coming out of India that have been stuck in. Uh, I'll give you an example, stuck, stuck in, in export control for, uh, for a month. So when you, when these things happen, it, it, it ripples through our ability to create product for our customers. And, and that's, I think the biggest, uh, the biggest piece is, is trying to do that without just buying lots of material and, and, and find yourself, uh, you know, uh, five years from now with all this, uh, aged out materials. And, 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 and that's where I think we're, we're, we're becoming more, uh, uh, aggressive at how we manage our our, our supply chain, whether it's uh, again, whether it's bringing it closer to home. Uh, the good news is that, and well, good news it's it's not a good news. I think it's it's it bodes poorly for uh, for the world in general. But uh, but China is is be, with China becoming um, a more of a. Uh, a, a, an offensive company, a offensive country versus a, uh, a partner, is that uh, is that uh, we're we're finding a lot of our customers, uh, whether it's NATO, Canada, or the U.S., are very particular about where our materials come from. They're they're mm-hmm. uninterested in, in in having China be a supplier. Well, th- in some instances, we are we're stuck behind a. Uh, Uh, between a rock and a hard place because a lot of our chemicals or uh, because they're raw chemical they're typically raw chemicals whether they're uh red phosphorus is an example or or some of our dyes which are clothing dyes canada hasn't been producing clothing dyes for 50 years you know so so it's very it continues to be a, a you know a continuing uh challenge for our supply chain side and uh but with every challenge is an opportunity, so we're uh-huh. we're seeing those as, as as potential opportunities. And you know, the, the biggest one, and 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 again, I'm sure my my uh, my compatriots here will will will, is, will admit that it's a problem. Is that we're basically doing quotes now for six months, a year from now, and our suppliers are giving us 24 hour valid pricing.
4: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> so so my, you get you guess what i you know, I mean this would be this stops becoming a manufacturing business starts becoming a horse race and that's uh i don't that's not the way to go <laughs>
0: Anybody want to jump in on that one? I'd like to jump in. I'd yeah. like to talk about
4: the price of a piece of wood, the yeah. price of a two by four. I think everybody, everybody who's watching and is on the call here or on the, on the show understands, uh, has seen the price of the two by four go from here when I quoted to here when I'm buying to here when I'm billing and the confusion in that triangle is, is uh, one of our biggest problems. It's uh it it's right across the board and um it I I never I i know that the there's been um uh shiploads of uh quartz countertop. We also run a uh kitchen and uh and countertop supply uh storefront here in Gananoque, and um uh, the, the there was actually a ship stuck in in the harbor that couldn't offload and we waited and waited I mean at some point you you have to do something else but um, Is it stuck behind I
0: mean, the Evergrande there by chance?
4: <laughs> well the sadly the I mean in the end it's it's hard to continue to explain to a customer after yeah. three months when you know that it takes three days once it's in the right place and it's not it doesn't the buck doesn't start or stop with, with us as the construction company it goes all the way back to where they're building it to through everybody including our suppliers which are doing the best they can mm-hmm. on any given day as well so mm-hmm. so yes it's a it's a, a little bit like going to the roulette table
0: yeah john and Catherine, to your, your pricing points you know i'd, I'd certainly heard of some uh, housing developers that you know price things a certain way and they sell the house and they sign the the agreement and by the time they go to build it it costs much more you know maybe they're, they're not even making money on that house anymore and so you know, you've got customers looking and saying, oh, well, materials are coming down, so your prices are going to come down, right? And they're like, well, no, we, we got to make up for all the losses we had <clears throat> in the early days of the pandemic. So, uh, so there's uh, I, I, it's, I think it's it's across a few industries, and, and I think you've got some sympathy out there, maybe not so much from the uh, the customers who unfortunately uh, pay for uh, those early years of the pandemic. But and we're all in that same kind of boat, right? Um, Maybe, you know, we've talked about a few different challenges and and I think we could spend a lot of time on those, but I want to leave people with a bit of a positive note. Um, And so I wondered if you could part uh, any words of wisdom in you know, a couple of minutes or so advice you have for entrepreneurs, startups, uh, others who are uh, wanting to be on that fastest growing companies list next year. And maybe, Sarah, we can start with you.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's staying true to yourself. You know, you're the one that has the vision and the passion and and the reason why, you know, that why of what you're doing and the reason that you're, you're doing that. So being able to, um, see that vision and bring it to life is something that you know is is rare i mean there's a lot of of entrepreneurs nowadays but it is still a rare quality being able to see that vision from the the seed the thought to bringing it to reality and maintaining it and and keeping it real and and you know moving uh is, is something that that um takes a lot of a lot of determination to do. So staying true to that, you know, people will be naysayers in the beginning, you know, they might not see the vision or understand or maybe support you, unfortunately. Um, but but continuing on because you are going to get there um, and you're going to enjoy the ride and the journey, um, you know, even looking back on it, no matter how bumpy it is or the ups and downs, when you look back, um, it's incredible how far you can come and that you can't, you think you possibly can't do any more, and then you do more. So there is no the, no limit to to what can be done, um, and that there's there's never enough time in the day. You know there really is. There's never enough time in the day, and so letting yourself be able to go home and get some rest and create that boundary for yourself it is difficult for entrepreneurs because we're connected to our business and our phone and our email and, and everything at all times in this this modern world so allowing yourself a little bit of that grace that you give to your team um, mm-hmm. giving that to yourself as well to to have that space to breathe the wind down the separation and then come back full force and um, as I mentioned before you know taking care of yourself in order to take care of others so you need to be able to do that for yourself your team your business and that's really how you continue forward
0: absolutely uh john anything you want to add advice for other entrepreneurs startups and well i
3: mean one, one, one of the best thing i mean i'm a, i'm a uh I'm, I'm from eastern ontario originally i'm from long Zoo, ontario i spent uh, my my formative years there and uh and eastern ontario is a great place to to run a run a facility i mean if you look at and it's uh, i think we're seeing a bit of it today whether it's the png exit out of brockville or uh his, Eastern terra is becoming an a, an industrial base of local Canadian-owned companies. The, you know the, the shells and all these companies that came in and took advantage uh, t- took advantage of all the nice government money they were provided, and we and we've just sort of plugged along. And and now it, and and you know we've been assisted also I think without question the Eastern Ontario Development Fund is a very important piece that everyone should be aware of because it it is it is helpful it gives you a can give you a leg up on some things when the, when when cash may be uh, tight but uh, you know and it's and the good news is 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 that you're competing for more and more. Uh, ju- jobs with, from people who are more and more better educated and so the, the advantage of this is, is that all these companies coming in are bringing people with them that you eventually you hopefully will uh, be attracted to you what you do and and you can then uh, take advantage of that and uh, you know obviously you track them away and and continue to build your business and that's uh, that's what that's a good thing too i think it's it's you know the you know, the whether it's Brockville little theater whether it's you know, there's you know there's so many great things that i think we can know uh, whether it's Prescott uh, Stratf- uh, Shakespeare festival or exactly. what you know the all these things are are things that come from having people in 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 the in in the area and anyone who has ever put driven a boat through the thousand islands it appears to be a secret still although there seems to be lots of boats there because i'm i'm surprised people just aren't flocking to it because it's yeah. such a beautiful area
0: I bet uh, Catherine was listening to you uh, mentioning all those playhouses and waiting for you to mention <laughs> That's the, uh, the one in right. Gazakway. Mm. No, I, I, right. I want to leave it for her. That's good. Oh, of course. Of course. Of course. Uh, so, Catherine, uh, adv- your advice for uh, entrepreneurs, startups, and, and anybody else uh, looking to get started in the next year?
4: Well, work harder. <laughs> we we're, we're a family-run company, and um, Sarah, uh, listening to you talk about um, you know taking time to to recharge, maybe maybe we don't do that so much because we live eat breathe work our company. Um we've done phenomenally over the last three years and and the the reason what it comes down to is that that we just don't stop. We're tenacious. So I think that if you're gonna be an entrepreneur, that's kind of the that's kind of the the base, you know. We just work harder. I've I've got a little little phrase that I I've, uh, I've been using, and it's work harder. Nobody cares. Um, and I know that sounds very negative, but it's not. It's that you have to look after yourself, and and you have to look after your company. And uh, if that means um, digging a little deeper, going a little harder, um, that's what you have to do to be successful. Now. Being successful in this region means that when you do, when you do get some time, when you do have that recharge time, you definitely have. Um the best that the world has to offer. And uh, I mean, the Thousand Islands, the Rideau Canal, uh, UNESCO World Heritage Site, the Frontenac Arch Biosphere, um, uh, all of the, the things that go with it and, and all of the assets that have been developed. Um, uh, the, of course, the Thousand Islands Playhouse, which is the reason I moved to this area 40 years ago to actually, uh, I was one of the uh, original people that brought that uh, theater to life. But there's lots of people who are doing that kind of work right now who are starting and you think, okay, here they go. And uh, in 20, 30, 40 years, they're going to be those iconic um, uh, assets, those things that we that we all think are, you know, this is why we're a great community. Um, and it all, I mean, I, I don't know, uh, the The rest of the world certainly is getting uh, a lot of information about the Thousand Islands, and we see that in the region with it growing. One of the, the interesting things about tourism that actually affects us as a development company is that when I ask, when we see the new folks who are starting businesses in town that are are taking over the the downtown area with shop fronts with with whatever industries, there are often people who came for a visit. There are often people who came and went for a boat ride out in uh you know the Thousand Islands who went to the the, the theater in Prescott or the Thousand Islands Playhouse here or or uh, uh, the Grand Theater in Kingston uh, went to the county and uh, uh, saw something at the festival players there are those people uh that people who decide to come to a region have to have been romanced in some way and visiting this area certainly is the beginning of that romance and then the fact that we are right we are there is so much opportunity here um sort of seals the deal uh mm-hmm. that that's i guess my positive is is that actually it is a big circle of life and uh the uh, we all feed each other there's there's nothing but opportunity in this region
0: yeah you got me thinking Catherine. we'll have to revisit the topic of tourism in eastern ontario on a future podcast uh we could keep this conversation i think going for hours but uh, i think it's a good point to wrap up here so thank you john <clears throat> thank you Catherine. thank you sarah for your uh, your thank time you. today and uh congratulations once again so our thanks to Sarah from Plan A Kingston, John from HFI Pyrotechnics, and Catherine from Marble Rock Developers. Our congratulations to them and to everybody who kept their business growing through the pandemic. If you want to see the full list, head on over to the Eastern Ontario Business Journal pages. Uh, look for that video elsewhere here on our YouTube channel. And uh, our thanks once again to MNP for sponsoring the contest. The EOBJ podcast is made possible by these sponsors. The City of Cornwall. County of Leeds-Grenville. County of Renfrew. Join us again in November, where we'll be discussing manufacturing in this year's edition of Stuff Made and Built in Eastern Ontario. As always, for important business news, check back to obj.ca and check out the next uh, edition, and uh, future editions of our podcast. Until next time, I'm Phil Godreau. Thanks for joining us.